Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Golf Strategy School podcast. If you're new here, my name is Marty Griffin. Welcome. This is the only podcast that's really kind of designed to help newer golfers get over those milestone scores of breaking 90 or breaking 100. Today, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you about something that is, I think, really kind of underrated. Yes, this is more of a technical aspect, but I'm going to try and make this as easy to understand as possible. And it's all about separation. Let's talk about it. All right. So what do I mean when I say separation? Well, separation for me and what I'm describing here is really the distance that we can keep our hands out in front of our chest our breastbone our sternum. And the better we can do this, the easier it's going to be to time up our contact and actually the farther you're going to hit the golf ball. Now, I think all of us, when we first started playing golf, we ran into some type of situation where we were coming back and we were doing like the big elbow bend. It's like that baseball swing sneaking in. Uh, Obviously, when we're playing golf, we want to have that lead arm as straight as possible for as long as possible throughout that swing and make sure that, you know, we eliminate as many variables as we can in terms of extra moving parts that don't need to move so we can be more consistent in really our outcome and our contact and everything else that goes into it. Now, what I like to describe, what I talk about is kind of a triangle effect, and we want to maintain our triangle for as long as possible. Now, again, what I'm talking about is the triangle that we make between our arms and our shoulders. So that, if you imagine a line going across your shoulders and you're addressing the ball, you got both your arms hanging down and you got a line going down each there where your hands meet. That's the point of the triangle. And then your shoulders or between your two shoulders is the top of that triangle. And we want to make sure that triangle stays as big and wide as long as possible. Now, when we look at the physics behind this, the further away our hands are from our chest, that is a larger swing arc, which allows the end of the club, which is all the way out at the end, to move even faster. So that's the science behind why it gives us more distance is because it does kind of incrementally increase our swing arc and therefore give us more club head speed. And when it comes to distance, club head speed is really the name of the game. That's what is 
you know, the more club head speed is generating more energy and we're transfer transferring more of that energy into the golf ball. So that's why we want to maintain that triangle as long as possible. The other thing, and this is, you know, once you get used to keeping that left arm straight or that lead arm, I should say, in case you're a lefty, but once you get used to keeping that lead arm straight, I think it's really, really easy for golfers to fall into this bad habit of kind of collapsing the triangle across their chest as the first move. So what they'll do, and like, again, we're at a dress, we've got our triangle of our two arms and our shoulders. And what, what I see a lot of higher handicap golfers doing is that first move is just arms and there's no bodily rotation at all. So if we don't have any rotation from our shoulders, our torso, our hips, then the only way the club can come back is for us to collapse that triangle. Again, shrinking the swing arc so we can't go as far. But then what that also does is it starts to impact your club path. So you can't come straight back or if you are coming straight back, it's going to be a heck of a lot more awkward. And again, kind of introducing more and more variables, but you can't come as straight back if you collapse that triangle across your chest. And this is something that uh, I think we were kind of touching on it with Henry Statina in our last episode where, you know, if you're using like a medicine ball and you're throwing that medicine ball, it's not just arms turning it back and it's not just arms turning it through it's the entire trunk it's the entire center core of your body that's rotating to move a medicine ball now it has to be that way for a medicine ball because medicine ball so dang heavy that's why like you don't have any other choice if you tried to move it if you held that medicine ball between your hands and you tried to move it with just your arms backwards because it's getting uh, away from your center of gravity, it's putting more and more strain on your arms. It's going to get harder and harder to do if you don't rotate. But if you hold it between your hands and you just rotate, you keep that center of gravity a little bit more close to you, and you're able to do that much, much more easily. We want to translate that same type of motion to the golf swing. We want to keep that triangle as long as we can. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you see me kind of gesturing off screen as if I'm a seal, like clapping. Uh, but that that's kind of like as a kid playing golf, that was the metaphor that was given to me. Like you ever see a seal clap, you know, arms straight out, clap, clap, clap. We want to see if we can keep that as long as possible in the golf swing. Now, obviously, at some point that trail arm has to bend. Things have to go up. Stuff changes. Like I get that and I totally accept that. But the longer we can keep that, the better. The longer we can keep that triangle fully sustained, the better. And so when you hear me talk about 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock swings, those 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock swings should be pretty darn near full triangle the whole way because you can rotate and that first, uh, that first parallel, or I shouldn't say first parallel, first player parallel is when your club is parallel uh, to the ground. The second parallel is when your arm is at that same level. So that second parallel is the nine o'clock and you can still be really, really close to maintaining that full triangle. 
So now when you hear me talk about those nine o'clocks to three o'clocks, and if you're a member of the Golf Strategy Academy, you've heard this in the lesson, you get, I got to say, 85 plus percent of your power just going nine o'clock to three o'clock. And it's because you're keeping that swing arc as big as possible. So you don't have as much loss and inefficiency in the movement. And so your big muscles, your legs, your glutes, and your core, they can actually impart a lot of their power directly into the end of that club head and make sure that you are getting as much of that power transfer purely into the golf ball as possible. Now, again, this is another good thing to do with like our Dr. Scholes because we want to make sure that we're hitting center contact because if you're not hitting center contact, you're not going to have as much transfer into the ball, but always just kind of a, a really good secondary feedback mechanism. Uh, the, the other thing, like I was mentioning just a little bit ago, is that if we start kind of collapsing across our chest, so again, we're set up with our good triangle, both arms and shoulders, and if that first move is instead of rotating our entire torso, if what we do, if we shrink that triangle and your arm, your lead arm just kind of collapses across your chest, kind of think of um, how you would normally do like kind of like a warm-up shoulder stretch. You know, you see people getting ready to go play golf. They'll, they'll kind of put their, their arm at like 90 degrees, like they're flexing their bicep, and they'll pull that arm across their chest to kind of stretch their back and their shoulder a little bit. That's kind of what it feels like when you're collapsing the arm across your chest. So, you know, if that, that lead arm is straight, but it collapses across the chest, it's really, really easy to kind of get stuck in one or two positions coming through the ball. And that's where we can, we can get that over-the-top cast, that flip, where we're kind of scooping at the ball. Those are like the really, really weak fat shots or they're the worm burners that just don't get off the ground. Uh, a lot of times that comes from that flip, that casting action. Or if you manage to not do that, it can still be uh, turned into like a, a blocked shot where you're maybe 20, 30 degrees right of your target. So you come through with a really, really open face and you just can't get it closed because you collapsed across your chest and now you're having a hard time getting things back to where they should because the rest of your body is coming through, you know, at like a million miles an hour and you just can't rotate and you can't get back to that point. Now, yes, I understand that our impact position, our hips are ahead and our hands are behind and uh, or not not behind the ball, but behind our hips our hands should be just a little bit in front of the ball. And then the club head is just lagging a little bit behind that. Like that's our kind of perfect impact position. But the thing is a lot of people get stuck kind of swinging to a picture. This is a conversation I had with Josh Boggs at one point where he was talking about, uh, you know, someone in our membership who had like, they had been stuck in this, this feeling and they couldn't quite get it. And they, they were videoing their swing and Josh said, he's like, you know, at some point you have to swing the club to hit the ball, not swing the club to look good on camera. And you have to be able to play the shot 
that you are working towards or that you're, you know, that you're going to take with you out on the course. So it's all about getting that as consistent as possible. So it's one of the things that I notice it happens very, very early on in, in golfers careers. Like once they can master keeping that arm straight, one of the things it, I don't, I don't know what it is about it, why people gravitate towards it. It might be a little bit of kind of residual baseball feeling. It might be one of those things where when that arm lays across the chest, maybe it just feels like you're putting more into it, but the physics behind it actually say to the contrary that you're losing out on power and that you are innately bringing in more opportunity for directional struggles, either because of a flip to catch up or because you're getting stuck behind and you're going to hit that block shot. And the block shot is one that's just, like I said, kind of maybe 20 degrees out to the right of the target and it just goes dead straight. So that means you just, you came, you came through with an open club face and everything else was pretty much good. It's just that you started it right and it stayed right. So that's what I mean by separation. That's the importance of separation. So your homework is to go ahead and practice some nine o'clock to three o'clock motions. Really, really focus on keeping that triangle as long as you can through your backswing and then just come through nice and natural on your downswing. If you can do that, I guarantee you, I'll be catching you more in the short grass. Cheers, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of golf strategy school. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers, your age, head over to par for success.com slash Griffin. And you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers, your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.